Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Blue Murder Club. I'm your host Lauren and I'm here with... Carrie, hello. I'm your co-host and how are you doing? I'm okay. I've got a dog shit cold but other than that, mm. I just keep getting run down. Yeah. It's just a load of stuff about I suppose. There's a lot of bugs in that. It's yeah. the time of year I suppose but yeah, yeah, you do look a bit peaky. Just a bit. A little bit peaky. Just a bit. I'll be alright, I'm tough. <laughs> Don't. Yeah, I was going to say, you, you and your family of men mm-hmm. at home have mm-hmm. all got the same bug and there's only two of you that actually took time off work. Yeah. And it weren't fucking you. No, it weren't me. I'm <laughs> tough. Listen, I roll up my sleeves and I fuck Yeah, go. you power through, mate. Yeah. Women so, for you. Yeah, exactly. I didn't want to be sexist, but Super we've all power. heard of man flu. We all know how it affects oh, it them very deeply. Really badly. On a level we'd never understand as no. female because obviously no. we don't understand what it's like to be ill. My son's also jet lagged as well. Oh, so, uh, yeah, that's yeah. true. So he's he's more tired, I think, than ill. Mm. You can pick up proper shit bugs yeah. on an aeroplane as well. You said loads of girls being sick on the aeroplane. Oh I thought, I don't want that stay in your yeah. room. Yeah, no way. <laughs> yeah. God, one of my colleagues came back, they went on holiday to Tunisia a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. and they came back and her husband, like, she was moaning, she was like, oh, he kept me awake all night, he wouldn't stop coughing, turned out he had fucking pneumonia. Jesus. So, God knows, catch all sorts of shit on oh, airplanes, yeah. Oh, don't, you need yeah. scary. I think she felt a little bit guilty. Yeah, don't blame her. <laughs> She's literally moaning and oh. moaning and then it was like, oh, he's got pneumonia, that's why he was coughing. Oh, shit. But yeah, you can pick up some nasty old bugs on the plane, can't yeah. you? Yeah, yeah. I think we're all enclosed and people... yeah. I would still wear a mask personally next time I fly mm. out. I think I definitely would still wear a mask even though you don't have to anymore. I know. It's weird, isn't it? Because it, have you seen any videos, things prior, pre-COVID and things after? No. So like silly things like blowing out candles on a cake. Oh, yeah. You'd second guess that now, wouldn't you? I mean, yeah, if you go to a kid's party, you know it's 20% spit anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and like going bowling and using the bowling balls with yeah. your fingers. I know. We went, <laughs> we went bowling about a month or two ago mm-hmm. and... <laughs> my friend like with Jess our friend yeah. and we was talk- we was sharing the same bowling ball and um, she was like that bowling ball smells like chicken oh no <laughs> and I was like shit you're right and I smelled my fingers oh. and literally I think someone had been like eating chicken with their <laughs> fingers and then put their fingers in the no, bowling ball no. <gasps> so we had to go and obviously wash our hands and then get some st- oh, anti-back no. and fucking hell it was 
yeah, but it's disgusting. People just don't think. Nah. I'm they just call don't you think. chicken hands from now chicken on. Chicken fingers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind. She's a vegetarian. I'm oh, a vegan. No. It's a lot. I mean, if I was an omnivore, I probably would lick it. Yeah. No. Oh. Oh. <laughs> no. Oh, but you're right. It is weird. People don't. I don't know. It's funny. Like that brief period when mm-hmm. COVID was a thing, everyone was so hypersensitive to everybody else. Yeah. And everyone was a lot more like mindful. Thinking, yeah. Mindful. Thank you. That's mm-hmm. the word. And now everyone's just gone back to being slobs who put fucking greasy chicken fingers in a bowling oh, bowl yeah 100% <laughs> do you remember when you used to have bowling you had to buy them bowling shows yeah they were gross as they well were grim, they? wouldn't they I think they would have they were already gone anyway but I think Covid would have killed them off yeah 100% a, yeah I'd have liked to see a bonfire with them bad boys on <laughs> I'd it's like weird, that. isn't it, to think you just go and yeah. put your feet in some second-hand pair of shoes that a thousand Yeek. other people put. Yeah. And it's like some 15-year-old just sprayed it with some yeah, disinfectant. Some... Oh, it's a bit of debt. Oh, I've abrased it. Have that. Ooh, weird, it? it is. It's not good. Yeah, once you start thinking about it, it blows your mind yeah. a bit how, how Honestly, things there's videos on there and you just sit there thinking, Jesus Christ, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah. To everything. Yeah. Absolutely everything. I know, it's funny, isn't it? Yeah. The past realities. Yeah, human beings have... Scumbags, Gross. some of them, ain't they? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Oh, great. So we'll call, call up. And yep. listener, I hope you're caught up too. <laughs> yeah. Sorry for the guess. <laughs> well, we haven't seen each other for no. a week. This is the trouble. Yeah, that's it. So this week's episode is based on American Horror Story Series 8. Yeah. Um, and. Um, oh, it's. Um, I can't say the word. Don't make me say it. End of the world. Oh, the apocalypse. Word. That's the one. Yeah. I always say the thing that's in Greece, the acropolis. Oh, the acropolis. Yeah. <laughs> or the metropolis. Yeah. Oh, I can't even say it now. So it's based on, it's apocalypse, is it? Yes. So, um, yeah, so this character, this well, lady is in apocalypse. No, well, we, we was a bit naughty. We've, yeah. um, have we have shoehorned it in. We have, because it's got hotel in it, it's yeah. got murder house in it, yeah. it's got a few coven in it. So we just picked someone for one of them series. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we'd be doing the end of times because mm. there's not anything much based on. Yeah, like, it's not an original. No, an original crime is no. it? It's to do the supernatural and the antichrist yes. and stuff, wasn't it? Yes. So, so I thought we could shoehorn this in because me and you yeah. have been desperate to get Dined. another woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is she in hotel? Did you say she's she? in hotel? Yeah, yeah. So, so, you know, when H.O. Holmes has his own parties mm, yeah. and she comes to the, one of the parties oh, and, wow. you know, the lady who plays the Fleetwood Mackie one yeah. in Coven, yeah. she plays that and she plays her brilliantly, brilliantly. Oh, wow. yeah. So do you want to tell our listeners who we're talking about this week? We're talking about Aileen Walnos. Wernos. Wernos. <laughs> Shit, I checked before we started as well. Yeah, Wernos. Yeah, Wernos. Yeah, the damsel of death. Yeah, and she was a damsel, right? AKA America's first female serial killer. Really? That's what the FBI said. Wow. Yeah. She denies it, of course. She says she's does. not a serial killer, but um that's what they coined that's the phrase they coined for her. Really? Amongst wow. others, yeah. So wow. yeah. Aileen's uh Aileen's story, you're gonna talk us through mm-hmm. her early life, aren't you? Yeah. And that sort of thing and um and then we'll get up to Okay, so she did. Let's go for it. Ready? I'm ready. So Aileen was born in Michigan in 1956, and she was born on a leap day. No. Yes. Oh wow, that's yeah. so special. I know. I thought that. So uh, Aileen's family neglected her from the get go. Yeah. 
To say her parents weren't ready to become parents in themselves is an understatement. Her mother, Diane, who's from Finnish descent, that's where the... Unusual surname. Yeah, Yeah, Wernos. She was born in 1939, which means she was only 16 when Aileen was born. Her father, Leo Dow Pittman, was born in 1937 and was up for English descent and just a couple of years older. So he was about 17, 18. Mm-hmm. So what makes it worse that Aileen wasn't their first child because her mother gave birth to her brother Keith two years earlier in 1954. So she would have been 14. 14. Mm. Babies having babies. Yeah. We find that quite a lot, don't we, babies having babies? We've said that before. Yeah, it's a, I think it's a product of the environment mm-hmm. that you're raised in, isn't it? I agree. Of product of um, abuse, agree, yeah. sexual abuse, isn't it? Yeah. Unfortunately. So shortly after Aileen was born, her father was sent to prison for sexually assaulting a seven-year-old girl and maybe murdering another child. Bloody hell. It's terrible, isn't it? So at age 17 slash 18, he's a convicted... Paedophile. Paedophile. And he's been, I think, not charged, but... Yeah. They're looking to prosecute with them murdering another child. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And he hung himself in jail. Oh. So he committed suicide. Yeah. While in prison for this child sex. I think good riddance, to be fair, it's bad rubbish. Mm. So she never met her dad. Um, But her dad, Leo, left Diane before she was even born. Um, and her mother tried to look after her and Keith for a while, but gave her up to be raised by her paternal grandparents. So about from the age of four, Aileen and Keith were handed off to their maternal grandparents, Laurie and Britta. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, if I can pronounce that right, because <laughs> I think of Britta Walter. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently... Allegedly, allegedly abusive, both of them, and alcoholic. The grandparents chose not to tell Aileen and Keith that they were adopted yeah. until the age of 12. Her grandmother, Britta, believed to have been an alcoholic and apparently did not help her granddaughter in these situations, adding to a traumatic home life. Her grandmother drank herself to death and died of liver failure just 10 years after she adopted Aileen, so she was 14. Mm. So according to Laura Grudy, Laura and Britta's natural daughter, who grew up with Aileen, so she grew up with Keith and this Laurie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Laurie. She would, um, Laurie, the grandfather, would take away Christmas presents from his granddaughter whenever they arrived from a mother, Diane. On top of that, Dickinson's style of parenting, Laurie once forced the young war with Aileen, let's say Aileen, <laughs> watch yeah. as he drowned a cat. Oh. Yeah. In 1976, Laurie died of carbon monoxide poisoning, but it's unclear whether it was intentional. Making things even worse, Aileen claimed that her grandfather beat her up and made her undress before doing so each and every time. Yeah. So she was completely naked. And Aileen was very close with her brother Keith and she felt that she was at least loved by someone in this world and mm. that would have been Keith. Yeah. So by the age of 11, she was apparently trading sexual favours for cigarettes with other children at a school or at the pits. The pits was a place where kids would gather and drink and smoke. So one night, hell-bent in fitting in with her peers, she waited for her granddad to fall asleep and bite it there. And on her first day in there... 
um, to fit in, she asked the boy for a smoke. Mm. And in him in turn asked her to a woody area and made her perform sexual acts on him in exchange for, for beer and cigarettes. Eventually, she earned the name Cigarette Pig. That was her nickname. Mm. That's awful nickname, isn't it? The kids were vile to yeah. her. So from the boys, and she had sex with them in, stage, in exchange for goods. So this is when she saw sex for gain. So this is starting to put that in her head now. So she can offer her body for things to gain. So she arranged a party at her home to try and gain popularity with her peers. She got alcohol and cigarettes. However, the party was a bust as her peers arrived and some of the boys from the pit forced Aileen outside and locked her out. So she sat watching the party from the outside looking in while they trashed a place, drunk all her beer, smoked all the cigarettes. I just mm. thought, that's heartbreaking. She wants to fit yeah. in. She's trying everything to fit in. Yeah. And this is what they do to her. So by the age of 15... She drops out of school to give birth. The story of her pregnancy is one of the few pieces of a backstory that's been collaborated much to the past. It's clouded in misremembering and rumour. Many retellings tell a story that Keith was the father of the child. They apparently shared an incestuous relationship. Um, and... The reason doing is because it was the only way they thought they could show their love to one another. Yeah. But while it's possible and more than likely is um, her grandfather used to pimp her out to his friends. Yeah. And the friends was when this guy raped her. She was 14 and he was 60. And he kept saying, he'd say, I love all the kids. All mm. And he supplied Aileen with drink. And they take advantage of her. And um, so that's alleged, allegedly the guy that was... Was that the local pedo? It just says the grandfather's mm. friend, I couldn't tell you. Yeah. Sounds like it, to be fair. They are all sounding like fucking local pedos, though. Absolutely. <sighs> so Aileen gave birth on March 23rd, 1971. And she was in a home from with mothers. Mm. After giving birth at... Uh, age 15, she named the boy Keith after her brother, fueling rumours the baby was his. Her grandfather, however, forced her to put the infant up for adoption and she never saw him again. So shortly after, her grandmother died, so she was 14. Mm. Her grandfather kicked her out of the house and at 15, the only place she could find to stay was in the woods near the grandfather's home. This, of course, was in Michigan, and some point during the winter or fall, it was freezing, really, really cold. Mm. So she survived by um, relying on abandoned cars or the clients, kindness of clients who didn't mind providing her shelter. Yeah. Oh. So during her trial, an analysis <laughs> discovered she definitely by this point would have had several personality disorders including borderline personality disorder and antisocial personality disorder so due to the child i'm so sorry i'm going to mm. get this out there due to the, her childhood trauma and abandonment she um had declining mental health likely spurheaded towards like show show chucked her towards prostitution, yeah, robbery, assault and serial murder. After being raped and assaulted during the course of a sex worker, she probably also suffered from PDSD. 
So after she moves into the woods as a team, she somehow manages to stay in school. But she's also with still the shit kids, the wrong crowd. Mm. Um, in her letter that she wrote to her best friend, Dawn Brooks, she recounts how she dramatically dropped out of school after the school principal caught her with pot. She was ordered into his office, never one to f- blindly follow authority. She says, bullshit, I ain't reporting nowhere. Matter of fact, I quit school. She got up and walked out. Mm. She said... What I found really strange was that he knew I wasn't living at home. He knew I was living in the woods. I guess he admired me for having the guts to still go to school. And I'd, to be fair, that is some fucking hardship. She's living in the woods but still trying to go to school. Yeah. So by 1976, she's 20 years old. She's already taken up life as a drifter. She's used sex work to pay for this lifestyle. And she was wanted in Colorado for failing to show up for court for charges of disorderly conduct, driving under the influence and firing a weapon from a moving vehicle. So at this time, she's relying on sick work, as I said. So how she would get her punters was by funneling them down on the exit of highways. Mm. So it's quite a dangerous way to get your punters, isn't it, your Johns? Yeah, it's probably the most dangerous. Yeah. Dangerous way because you don't know, yeah, you don't know who you're picking up, yeah. So, and we know what happens to hitchhikers, which is fucking scary. So, when she's 20 years old, she's this is the 70s as well, yeah, 70s, Florida, Florida, not California, but Mm -hmm. 70s. So, when she's 20 uh, 20 years old, she hitchhikes to Florida, so she's um taking in the warmer weather, and it's to her, Florida sounds a bit like a paradise, Mm. a bit warmer, and somewhere she thought she'd never get to. And this is where she met and married a 69-year-old man. So she's 20. Mm. And his name was Lewis Fell. He was a wealthy and I think he was a yacht club owner. Is that right? Yeah, I read that. Yeah. The marriage lasted just nine months. Just weeks after they got married, she caused trouble and beat him with his own cane. God, She's fallen on her feet there in a way. That's what I thought. If she could have just... Just, you know... Got help for... Yeah, for to control her temper. Yeah. Maybe have some medication. I mean, yeah. I know he was a lot older than her, but he was offering her stability for yeah. the first time in her yeah. life. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, you know, a roof over her head mm-hmm. and marriage, for mm-hmm. God's sake. Yeah. It's a shame that it all went wrong so quickly. So quickly, yeah. So the marriage was annulled in the July 21st, 1976, the very same year she returned back to Michigan. She received word that her brother was dying in a hospice from throat cancer when Keith was 21 years old he passed away 21 years old so young isn't it it's awful isn't it yeah and he left his sister $10,000 in life insurance which should have kept her out of trouble for a while so in 1976 Mm. 10,000 was comparable to 45,000 in today's money so probably about you could if you was clever it lasts you about a year yeah Mm. definitely yeah. And to be fair, this sounds really wicked, but she ain't paying for digs. Mm. She could have sorted something out there. So that's another lifeline to me. Mm. Yeah, but, but she wouldn't have the life skills to know how to, how to do it. How to use that money to get on yeah. her feet, would she? She yeah. needs help. Yeah. But she tore through the money in just a few months. Yeah. The moment she returned to Michigan, she caused trouble in a bar and threw a billard ball at the bartender. This happened on July 14th, 1976. Just three days later, on July 17th, her brother died. But she got the money, obviously, from the life insurance. 
So most of it went on a new car, which she wrecked shortly after. Mm. She went back to sex work to survive, and in 1981, she was a heavy drinker. And this is where, excuse me, I'm just going to have a drop of my drink. <laughs> so this is where she robbed a local convenience store in just a bikini, and she was holding a gun. Oh, my God. And she didn't have a getaway car case. Yeah. So she's just literally, and get how much do you reckon she... Stole from this convenience store. Thirty-five dollars. So she done armed robbery wearing a bikini for thirty-five dollars. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Was it worth it? But unfortunately, because of this, the police obviously caught up with her because yeah. she's walking away, clad in a bikini, holding a gun. Yeah. And she was put into prison for three years for this because it's armed robbery. Yeah. So this is where she starts to realise she's sexually attracted to women. Mm. She's never had that before. Yeah, that's true. It's She's never boys, been allowed. Yeah, excuse mm. me. <coughs> I'm so sorry. She's dying over here. Yeah, sorry. Aww. So, yeah, she's never had the chance to realise mm. who she's attracted to. She's never had that chance to see where her sexuality lies because it's just been about... Transactional sex. Yeah. Yeah. Constantly, throughout her whole life. Yeah. And or, or rape. Being, or rape, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, this is where we are. And so she starts to get the feeling, yeah, she's she's liking women. Mm. So, well, it's lucky she's in a women's prison then. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Sorry, that was a very flippant thing to say. It was just a joke, but no, that's okay. Yeah. So, do you want to take over from when she meets Tyra? Because that's where I'm coming up to. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Yeah, so she gets uh, let out of prison, obviously, eventually, after mm-hmm. she served her thing. And by then, I think she's probably about 30. Yeah. Because this is 1986. So, yeah. yeah, she'd have been 30. And um, she meets 24-year-old Tyra Moore, who is a hotel maid at a Daytona Beach. And they met at a Daytona mm-hmm. Beach gay bar called mm-hmm. Zodiac. And they, um, they obviously got together. They moved in together. And I think they lived together, like, in a little motel kind of place. Mm-hmm. And um, Aileen, we'll call her Lee from now on because that's how she's known. Yeah. Everyone calls her Lee. 
<clears throat> Lee supported them with her earnings as a prostitute. Um, on July 4th, 1987, Daytona Beach Police detained Aileen and Tyra at a bar for questioning regarding an incident in which they were accused of assault and battery with a beer bottle. Mm. That sounds nasty, doesn't that it? That does sound... To be honest, they do sound like the sort of women that when they walk into a pub, you think, oh, drink up and leave. They yeah. look like trouble. They look like trouble, don't yeah, they? Yeah, they do. They're kind of rough around the edges. Yeah. Probably a bit of a drink problem. Massive anger issues. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it sounds like they're a bit... Yeah. Don't really want to be around people. No. Um, <clears throat> on the 12th of March, 88, uh, Lee accused a Daytona Beach bus driver of assault. She claimed that he pushed her off the bus following a confrontation. Right. Again, I can imagine her being argumentative and him just yeah. pushing off the bus and yeah. just, just get out of my bus. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tyra was listed as a witness to the incident and later at her trial, Lee stated that it was love beyond imaginable. Earthly words cannot describe how I felt about Tyra. Wow. Um, and just before her execution, she claimed to still be in love with Tyra. Wow. Now, around about a period of 12 months was when she committed the murders. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, her and Tyra are living together. Um, they got together in, what, 86? Mm-hmm. So, the first um, victim, she killed right at the end of 1989. November 30th, 1989, um, Eileen, or Lee, mm-hmm. she murdered a man called Richard Charles Mallory. He right. was age 51 years old. And um, so he was a customer of hers. She'd sort of hitchhiked him. He'd picked her up. Mm-hmm. They drove somewhere privately. And um, he 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 really um, did a number on her, actually. She describes it very clearly in court. You can watch it on YouTube. Um, she describes the attack. So he tied her to the steering wheel and he beat her and... He raped her and he wow. sodomised her with some kind of metal object. <sighs> and then he got this, she called it rubbing alcohol. Right. Which I think I've seen in films. I'm not yeah. exactly sure what it's for, but obviously it's alcohol that you use maybe to clean your hands with or mm-hmm. something. It's not drinking, but rubbing yeah. alcohol. He had a bottle of rubbing alcohol. And she said he squirted it in her nose. He squirted oh, it in the, into her vagina. And he went, I'm going to save it for your eyes as the finale. <laughs> and she said he walked, he got out the car, walked around to the other side and she managed to reach over and she carried this point twenty two caliber pistol in her purse. She managed to get it and she just she just as he was coming back at her, like like he'd already brutalised her. Like she was in agony. She yeah. said everything he did, but she was in so much pain. Um she shot him. She shot him twice in the chest and he obviously went. Mm. And then um she managed to free herself and she shot him I think she shot him about six times. Um yeah, it does say here, on December 13th, his body was found several miles away in a wooded area. He'd been shot several times. Mm-hmm. Obviously, she did kill him, but it was it was definitely self-defence. And as it turned out, that um, this man was actually um, a known like sex offender. So, yeah, he'd done some time in, um, in a sex offenders institute. Yeah. I think he spent about eight years there or something. Attempted rape, it was. So, um, yeah, it was quite believable, her story. If you listen to her story, it really does ring true, the level of detail. Yeah. Um, And the thing is, as well, she says, because obviously she gets found guilty of his murder, Mm -hmm. they don't don't think it's self-defence, they don't believe her. And as she's leaving the court, having been found guilty and sentenced to death, one reporter says, Eileen, what do you make of, you know, how do you feel with the verdict? And she's crying and she's saying, like, I've been raped. Um... 
she said there was proof on the steering wheel. There were scratches all over the steering wheel. There was proof, like physical evidence, that I was tied to that steering wheel, but they just didn't take any notice of it. And Should we get Vicky on it? Yeah. Well, Do a statement and analysis of what she says. Oh, yeah. See I if it's true. I could do, yeah. I don't know. I, I must <laughs> yeah. admit, I just don't. I don't. I believe her. You believe her. Yeah, I do. I really do, yeah. Um, so, yes, yeah, so that was the first one. And she mm. obviously, she robbed him as well. So she yeah. got some money for it. And all the while, there's Tyra at home, not really lifting a finger to bring any money home. She she just relied constantly on Lee to um, go hooking, like she called it oh. hooking, to um, get money. Oh. So, um, and Lee said as well, like during, like when she first got out of prison up until this mm-hmm. point, she had some regular clients. And then she said um, Desert Storm happened and a lot of her regular clients got shipped off to the um, yeah. Ara- to the Arabic place, mm-hmm. like Arabic states to go and fight in the Gulf War. Yeah. And she lost most of her regular clients at that wow. point. So that's when Lee, um, Tyra was saying, well, you're just going to have to go out and hook for strangers. And and at that point, obviously, she gets... That's Brutally why she gets in right, trouble. Yeah. This is a trouble, yeah. yeah. She's, not, she's not having sex with her normal regular people yeah. that she trusts and she knows. She's having to go out just blindly accept lifts off of any random person that's yeah. going by. So, yep, she nicks all of his money. She steals his belongings. <laughs> and she um, takes some of them to a pawn shop as well. They, I think they take his car, but mm. the car's found anyway. Uh, so, yeah, that's the... That's right at the end of 1989. So now we go forward to May the 19th, 1990. Um, she kills a man called David Andrew Spears, who's age, eight, age 47. Yeah. Um, and his naked body was found um, a couple of days later. He'd been shot six times. Um, so then 6th of June. This isn't much longer. It looks like no. they're getting through the money very quickly. She said mm. that Tyra would like get through the money so fast. Um She's murdered a man called Charles Edmund Carskadden, who was age 40. Mm. Um, and that was on the 31st of May 1990. And his body was found a week later. Jesus He'd been Christ. shot nine times. The body had been wrapped in an electric blanket. It's all for money, right? It's not for anything other game. By now, it seems to be for money. What she, I can't... Yeah, she pawned, she pawned some of his stuff. She took his money. Mm-hmm. Um, and she didn't want any witnesses for the robberies. But, um, yeah, what were you so going to say? Se- well, so sex work obviously isn't s- sufficing there. Yeah. So the money coming in from that, she needs more of it. Well, yeah, you can look at it that way or you could look at it in that it was self-defence and these men were getting, um, were probably being aggressive towards her and she all of panicked. Them, well, this is the thing. It's what you believe, yeah. isn't it? Whether it was all of them. She could have been, they may have been... They may not have done anything, but they may have done something very small and it's triggered her. Right. Because by now... PTSD. Well, yeah, by now, she's obviously... She's had a lifetime of being brutalised and raped. Mm. And that's culminated with that man, that Richard Mallory, mm-hmm. like, violating her, beating her black and blue, mm-hmm. and she's killed him in self-defence. So if a man gets in the car now, well, she gets in a man's car now for sex and he does something even a little bit aggressive, she's got her back up she's scared she's in self-defense mode yeah um she claims self-defense on all of these but then she has changed her story a lot just to say no i'm a cold-blooded killer i did it for money so Hmm. but there is a reason for that which i'll get to yeah um she killed a man called peter seams age 65 um he was a retired merchant seaman um his car was found abandoned his body was never found so she wasn't charged with that one because they never found the body but she said that she did kill him um 
she, like herself and Tyra, were seen abandoning his car and Lee's palm print was found on the interior of the door handle. So there was physical evidence that she was in his car. They both were, Tyra as well. Then she killed a man called Troy Eugene Burez, age 50. He was a salesman from Florida um, on the 31st of July, 1990. Uh, His body was found and he'd been shot twice. Then she kills a man called... Charles Richard Humphreys, age 56. This is where she really does a massive fucking mistake. This guy is a former chief of police. Oh. So it's going to, shit's going to hit the fan, isn't yeah. it? Massively. Yeah. Um, yeah, he'd been shot seven times in the head and the torso. And then finally, she murders a man called Walter Antonio, who's age 62. And he mm-hmm. was a trucker and a security guard and a reserve policeman as well. That was on the 19th of November, 1990. Um, he'd been shot four times, <coughs> wow. and his car was found uh, five days later. Wow! So, um, so yeah, that was that. Um, around about the time, so when the car, you know, I said that they, they, they were in the car. Mm-hmm. They were seen abandoning the car. So, Lee and Tyra are in this man's car. They have an mm-hmm. accident in the car, and they're seen by an eyewitness escaping from the car. The eyewitness um, helps the police with composite mm-hmm. sketch. Composite sketch goes all over the TV and stuff. Oh, wow. And um, Tyra shits herself. She's like, fuck this. I'm all over the TV. I'm out of here. So she fucks off. Leaves her. And she leaves her, yeah. And um, Eileen hooks up with this guy who's on this uh, this documentary that I watched. And it just seems like every single bloke she's ever encountered, not even bloke, woman, everybody she's ever encountered, is just out for what they can get out of her. This guy, he... um, like, after she's been arrested mm. and she's famous and stuff, he sold his um, story to the news of the world. Oh, really? Yeah, it was all, like, salacious news of the world kind of trash. Yeah. Like, oh, when I bedded the serial killer. Wow. Blah, blah, blah. Total prick. Um, yeah, so she just... He calls her a dyke, for God's sake. He's just so disrespectful and rude. It's, it sounds wow. to me like he probably exploited her vulnerability. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, right, so on the 4th of July 1990, yeah. um, they abandoned Peter's car after involved in an accident and the witness obviously provided him with the composite. Mm-hmm. Oh. Now, don't forget, Lee's already been in prison, so yeah. her fingerprints are in the system. Yeah. But she still kills a load more people after. This is July, it isn't until November she November, stops killing. Yeah. It's about three or four after that. Yeah. So this will come into play later on when she's talking about conspiracies and stuff. So here we are, 9th of July 1991. She was arrested at uh, her favourite bar, which was called the Last mm-hmm. Resort Barker Bar. Mm-hmm. Um, there was like a couple of undercover police and they kept buying her beers and lending her money for the jukebox and whatnot, kind of befriending her. And then they said, oh, do you want to come outside for a little while, Lee? And she went outside with him and then they arrested her, they handcuffed her and she went wow. to prison. And she just confessed to everything. She confessed the murders. Wow. Um, I think she... Like they, they process her and then they get Tyra mm-hmm. to call her. But they're listening in on the conversation and Tyra, they've already said to Tyra, if you can get her, like you can be our main prosecution, like witness mm-hmm. for the prosecution and we will give you full immunity. Oh, she's going to do it all day long, isn't she? Yeah. She did. She sold yeah. her down the river entirely. Yeah. She's literally, you can hear her. So they play the telephone conversation in court while when I, when Eileen's yeah. being... Um, tried for the murder of the first man yeah. Richard Mallory and she's literally like Tyra's crying she's going I don't want to go to jail for something you've done Lee it's not fair and all this and 
and Lee's, she's so sweet and compassionate. She's going, don't worry, Ty, I love you. I'll never, I'll never let that happen to you. Don't worry. I'll tell him it was all me. And she, so she does. So yeah, wow. three days later, she just confesses to everything. She says, Tyra had nothing to do with it. But Tyra knew about it, obviously. She knew that she said, she's yeah. in court testifying that Lee come home one day and said, I killed a man. Yeah. Um, but because she's turned sort of like Queen's Witness kind of thing, mm-hmm. they've given her immunity. Mm-hmm. Which is a bit weird because you think, well, really, if she'd have gone to the police when she found out about the first man, yeah. all the other men wouldn't have been killed. But I was listening, they've let her off. Yeah, I was listening to a case today. And once someone pleads like, and they get their immunity, no matter what evidence is shown. So I, there was something I was listening to about photographs. Yeah. And there was this guy who said, I will tell you everything you need to know as long as I get immunity. They gave him immunity. They found really bad photographs or videos or whatever of this guy. Mm. They then couldn't, because they'd already given immunity, they can't charge him with that crime. Yeah. So surely they should have learnt by now, Mm. but they haven't. There should be a clause in an immunity thing, shouldn't there? Well, this did take place in like, the early 90s, so it was like 30 odd years ago. Oh, even now, no, this yeah. case weren't that far. That's what I'm saying because it reminded me of this case. But surely yeah. they should have learned, yeah, that they should have some clause in with this immunity. So if there is evidence that mm. can put you there and then, mm. not all circumstantial, yeah, that's true. Surely there should be, yeah. You know? I know it's but it's American law, it's different mm-hmm. to over here, isn't mm-hmm. it? Um, I was watching a program the other day about the gold. Did you watch that? No, I haven't watched about it. About the gold bullion robbery. It's really good. But again, no one was offered immunity. They were offered a little bit of leniency. Yeah. Maybe like a slightly nicer cell. Yeah. That's it. There's definitely no, you're going to fucking prison for yeah. a long time. Yeah. Maybe you'll get a women's cross <laughs> or you'll get a slightly better one. That was yeah. the only, that, there was, that was the best deal on the table. There was no fucking immunity. No. Um, so, yeah, so eventually she goes to court and they try her for the um, murder of Richard Charles Mallory. She pleads not guilty, self-defence. Mm-hmm. And like I've said, uh, it's a heartfelt thing. But they play they play the tapes in, pre- in the, you know, what she, the, t- the phone recorded tapes, they play mm-hmm. them. They pl- And then Tyra goes on the stand and just throws her under the bus completely. And Lee is just, she looks devastated. Like her attorney is like, got her arm around her trying to comfort her. She's absolutely in bits like this woman who she's loved and lived with for about five years is totally betrayed totally betrayed her and um left her just to take the rap for everything even though she's there the whole time going go on lee go out hook get some more money mm. um she instigated it but she didn't. was kind of the incentive for the whole thing really um yeah so now the trouble is in court they even though this richard mallory he had mm-hmm. a long history of sex offenses and he's been some cases say five, some say eight, but say between five and eight years in an institution for sex offenders. Mm-hmm. Um, that wasn't allowed to be disclosed in court. The jury didn't know about that. Oh. But the jury were allowed to hear about Eileen's previous convictions, which oh. she'd been in prison for before. Robbing a bank. It's not fair, is it? Yeah, it's <laughs> not fair. Yeah. So they're allowed to hear that she's like got a string of offences. Yeah, that, that is odd. But they're not allowed to hear that the man she's accused of raping her was an ex-con was a sex offender mm. and um it's 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 very weighed against her i think she mm. said she didn't get a fair trial she said it was a bit like trial by press mm-hmm. kind of thing as well yeah um and it looks very much like 
the attack on her by Richard Mallory drove her into eventual insanity, to which, which led her to kill the other six men. So diminished responsibility. Not sure about that, but it's not diminished responsibility if you're insane. Now, they kept testing her over and over and mm. over again. And they just, I don't know, some of them, it looked like she was insane. She had all these problems. She The stuff she says, she's clearly like not mm. well at all. Um, but they just killed her anyway. Um, yeah, so there was... Um, so, yes, anyway, the jury went out, they came back, they convicted her of murder and gave her the death sentence. Wow. And she's so upset. They, they deliver this sentence and she's crying and she's going, um, I can't believe you're doing this. I'm a woman, I've been raped and you've given me the death sentence. That's not right. It was self-defence. And she's really upset. She's she's really crying and she says, she's going, screw you all. I hope you all... She says to the judge, I hope your wife and kids get fucking raped oh god in the ass oh god she's really upset she's really upset and she starts shouting all this stuff out in the court because she feels she must feel like no one's on her side really um anyway her life just goes it gets very strange so (laughs) obviously she's quite famous Mm. this woman comes into her life her name is is Arlene Praley. Right. She's a born-again Christian, and she, this woman, at the age of 44, at this point, Arlene is about 30, 31, Mm -hmm. she adopts her. She legally adopts her. Arlene hires this um, attorney. Well, he's a lawyer, and he's called Steve Glazer. Mm -hmm. And he's got... Did you ever watch um, Breaking Bad? Yeah. You know, don't... You know, Better Call Saul? Yeah. He's just like him. He's got an advert like that. And he plays the guitar, makes up weird little like law jingles. Nice. So she, um, so yeah, this woman, this born again Christian lady, yeah. she lives on a, like an animal sanctuary farm. She mm-hmm. breeds wolves. Jesus and God through and through. Yeah. So she hires him to process the adoption. She legally adopts Arlene. And right. then, not Arlene, sorry, Aileen. Aileen. <laughs> she legally adopts Aileen. And, um, and then when the other, when the trial comes up for the other cases, she talks Lee into pleading guilty and not contesting it. She says, you have to come clean. You've got like come clean, cleanse your soul, confess it all, and then God will welcome you into heaven. So this woman is really, really encouraging Lee not to give up any of her defence and to, to just admit to everything. What's so she, for her? So she gets another three life sentences. Jesus Christ. And you ask what's in it for her. This is what okay. Lee thinks. So okay. Lee gets interviewed by this guy, this um, documentary maker, Nick Broomfield. Yeah. And she says, she's, she goes, I am pissed off with, um, what's his name? Steve and Arlene. Yeah. Like the lawyer and yeah. the born again Christian yeah. adoptive mother. She says, um, she says, I'm so pissed off because um, she, she says they're just after the money. So by now she's got her doubts about Arlene and Steve about the money it looked like money was their only motive oh. so they would she would give an interview Arlene yeah. if you paid her $25,000 oh. so Nick wants to interview her about the pro, about how that she came to to adopt her mm. and she says oh no I'm, I'm not, I can't talk about that Steve won't let me and things like that and then Steve like he pays Steve $10,000 and Arlene is literally like that you know, she's talked me into yeah. admitting everything. That's not very adoptive motherly, is it? Wow. 
They both suggested ways that she could kill herself while she was in jail <gasps> and was awaiting trial. This is oh. what Aileen. This is what Aileen says. Aileen, this is from the horse's mouth. And um, yeah, so she doesn't. By now, she doesn't trust them. She realizes she's been done hook, line, sinker. This Steve, he's like he's a lawyer for adoptions and stuff like that. He does not do criminal law, and yet he's in the court saying, involved, saying, yeah. yeah, saying, oh, my client doesn't contest it. She's pleading guilty. It's like. If she'd have pleaded not guilty, he couldn't have even taken the case because he didn't have the experience no, for it. No. He was just massive bit of a chance of us, I suppose. Yeah. I don't know. He seems like his heart's in the right place, but he just was way out of his depth. Wow. Way out of his depth. Um, and then um, this guy, this um, Nick Broomfield, he goes back about 10 years later while she's mm-hmm. still on death row. So she's on death row for about 12 years. Um, and by now she's she's had enough of it. I think her mind may have snapped. She wants to, she wants to just get it over with. Yeah. She's had enough of it being um, like there's a stay of execution. She just wants the day mm-hmm. to come and she can be executed. Um, she says to him, "You have to kill Aileen Wonos. She'll kill again." Shit. So she says that to him. Anyway, there is one last appeal, so mm-hmm. that's why he's there. He gets sub subpoenaed to go to this hearing, her well, last yeah. appeal hearing. And she's really not happy about it. She's sick and tired of all this. She's had enough of it. And um, they dig up these people that used to hang around with her when she was a child at home. It's fucking awful. So first of all, they get this witness up, Danny Caldwell. Mm -hmm. Now, he knew her when he was a boy and he lost his virginity to her. And he said one day he was in the woods and he Mm. went to like, what they call like the den or whatever, where the pits. Yeah. Yeah, there was a den there. And he went in. And he said Keith and Mark were in there. They had her in there. They had Aileen in mm-hmm. there with them. And she was naked. Keith was having sex with her. Remember, Keith's her brother. Mm. And then um, Danny then had sex with her. That's when he lost his virginity. So he never... It sounds like everyone might have lost their virginity to, yeah. to Lee at that point. Um, and then they brought forward another man, a man called Jerry Moss. <clears throat> and he was her lover when they were children. Right. So he, but she... <laughs> It's so, so wrong when you say that. It's so sad. She wanted him to like admit that he was her boyfriend. So in private, yeah. he was happy like probably to get all the sexual favours yeah. she was giving him. But in public, he treated her. He said, oh, I treated her like dirt in public. He says it. He says all this on the stand because he's underwrote. He Fuck says, yeah. um, he said he'd tell her just to fuck off. He called her an ugly bitch. <sighs> and if she tried to follow him, he threw rocks at her. She's Jesus like a little puppy. Christ. I just want to take her under my wing. It's so sad. Um, and she's in the court and she's just going, oh, these guys, they need to take a polygraph. This is all bullshit. And, you know, she, yeah. oh, I wish it was, babe, but it's, I fucking yeah. don't think it is. It's yeah. so horrible. She really didn't want anything to come between her and the execution by that point. Oh, she was really? so done with it, yeah. She didn't want any... She's dumb. She yeah. didn't want anyone to think, oh, there's mitigating circumstances yeah. for her behaving like this. And so she wouldn't have to... So. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This is a strange thing I picked up on. Um, she wasn't offered life instead of the death penalty. So they compared her case to Ted Bundy's case. Yeah. Ted Bundy killed, what's it, 36 women yeah. or something like that? She killed seven men and he was offered life. He could have had a life imprisonment instead of the death penalty. Apparently. Really? Yeah, but she wasn't. She was thrown back the book at her. My opinion is this. First of all, she killed men. Yeah. Not women. Yeah. And I hate to say it, but we live in a bit of a misogynist yeah. society, especially mm-hmm. 30 years ago. B, she's a sex worker mm-hmm. who killed her clients. I think they had to send a very strong message out to her mm-hmm. that that's not on. Even though how many sex workers get killed by them? Yeah. Fucking customers. Yeah. I mean, come on. Um, the judges, the lawyers, the man who signed her death warrant, they're all men. Yeah. They don't like the thought of women out there. Yeah. And two of them like were police officers. And two of them were police officers. Yeah. Exactly. They can't yeah. have it. They had to set an example for yeah. her. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so that was it. After t- after Tyra left, she met a man called Dick Mills. He sold his stories to News of the World, yeah. Um, this is another thing. So there was a story. He made, uh, Nick Broomfield, his first one, it was called The Selling of a Serial Killer. Mm-hmm. Aileen Wernos, The Selling of a Serial Killer. This was his first mm-hmm. one. And then the follow-up one, when she's on death row, like, literally, he sees her through to the day that she dies. It's called The Story of a Serial Killer. And I'd really recommend you watch both of those documentaries. Yeah. They're fantastic. He gets to interview her and yeah. it's very, very good. Um, now, The Selling of a Serial Killer is about the conspiracy that some of the police... Well, it wasn't a conspiracy. Some of the police officers were discovered to be in cahoots with Tyra Moore to sell the movie rights to Lee's story. Mm-hmm. Now, in um, Florida, where she was incarcerated mm-hmm. and tried and whatnot, um, it, you can't earn money from your crimes. Yeah. You're not allowed to. But because Tyra was completely exonerated from any crime, she, she could. could. Yeah. And the police officers that were investigating it also were doing it. And in fact, it, it's alleged they were doing it a month before they arrested her. Fuckers. So a month before they even arrested Lee, they were already in talks with Hollywood producers to fucking make a film about it. Said film. So, Lee mm-hmm. believes, and I'm inclined to believe her, Mm-hmm. That it was a conspiracy. Now, when I first started looking into this case, and um, one of the first couple of crimes that she did, she's well, all the crimes, she's in the car. Mm-hmm. So her fingerprints would be all over the crime mm-hmm. scene. And she's already done time in prison, so yeah. her print's already in the system. Yeah. She quite rightly points out, why didn't they arrest me after the first man? Yeah. Why did they let me carry on? So this is what she thinks. that She was free for a whole year mm-hmm. to kill another six men. Mm-hmm. Whereas they could have run in fingerprints and picked her up. Yeah. But they didn't. She thinks two reasons. Yeah. The main reason, she believed that they knew that this they this girl, this woman here, had the potential to go out and do it again and again and again. Mm-hmm. And so they would have the inside story on the America's first female serial killer. Right. They didn't know it was a woman at that point. They thought it was a man first of all, didn't yeah. they? But like, they thought they'd be like, oh, we're going to get some money out yeah. of this story. We'll be able to tell this story if this goes on mm-hmm. to be a, seri- a series of crimes. And the other... 
is that the man she killed was obviously a felon. He was a convicted felon. Yeah. So again, she's thinking they they're probably thinking brilliant. She's doing her job for it. She's taking cleaning it like, up. Cleaning it up. Exactly. Fucking hell. So she was full of conspiracy. I can that, see that. Yeah, <sighs> I can see it as well. Especially as it all happens, like the amount of yeah. people that then went on to make to make money out of her tragic story. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. So because each police department as well, they keep the money. Oh, they have their own pot of money, don't they? Mm. Yeah. So that police department, uh, the Florida Police Department, mm. was it back in Florida? Yeah, sure? Florida. Yeah, it was in Florida. So, um, yeah. So yeah, she. I've, I've written in my notes here. It makes sense to me. Um, yeah. So she was. Um, the system was. She was sick and tired of the corruption of the system. She really wanted to be executed after twelve years on death row. God, Jeb Bush was the uh, governor of Florida at that point. He's yeah. the brother, I think, of President Bush. He signed the death warrant. He signed her death warrant um, on the 9th of October. Mm-hmm. So he was running for re-election and he was like quite strong. Like mm-hmm. the re-election stance was quite strong on law and order. Right. So it was seen as like, he says like a lot of Floridians want to see this woman die, blah, blah, blah. You know, just like, oh, mate, stop it. And she's she's saying the same thing. She's actually in court. And she's saying, stop using me mm-hmm. for your own Gun. re-election. Yeah. She knows what they're doing. You listen to these documentaries and you watch these documentaries I was really shocked at how articulate she is. Yeah. She's very, very good at getting her points across. She's She speaks quite nicely. And, um, yeah, she's... I mean, if she'd have been born... She says if she'd been born into a different family, she would have been... Sky's the limit kind of thing. Oh, yeah, God. she said she would want to be an archaeologist or... Oh. She had a couple of other things as well. But, yeah, she's, um, she's a talented artist as well. Just She just obviously didn't have any opportunities mm. at all to, be, to do anything other than yeah. what she did. Nature versus nurture, nurture here. It's definitely his nurture. Mm-hmm. Although they do briefly interview her natural mother, Diane Wernos, her mm-hmm. biological mother. And she <laughs> she said that when she gave birth to Lee, it was a breech birth. And she thinks maybe there was some kind of like brain damage during the breech birth. And that's why she turned out the way she did. He's just like, are you fucking mental? I'm a breech baby. Are you? Yeah. Explains it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But I mean, I would have thought it was the opposite because breach means that the head's completely protected. You can yeah. have feet first, feet don't first, you? So yeah. um, it's just like, no, it's nothing to do with the breach birth, mate. It's because you abandoned her with your paedophile dad yeah. and et cetera, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. That's why, she, that's why what happened to her. Honestly. Yeah, that's true. Um, she had loads of like assessments and blah, blah. And she was found to be mentally competent and the stay of execution was lifted. Now, the um, biographer, her, sorry, the documentary mm-hmm. maker, Nick, went to the jail the day before her execution uh, for her, her final interview. And I've put in my notes here, you can see why she wants to die. It's fucking ridiculous, right? This woman, I think by now she's like 44. Yeah. But she looks about 20 years older. Yeah. It's really taking its toll on her. And um, she, they, they, she's shackled. She's completely shackled. She's accompanied by 14 staff members. And he still has to stand behind a roped-off area to have a final interview with her. They can't treat her like a human being on the day before they kill her. It's just ridiculous. It's fucking stupid. It's all just... It's like a massive fucking circus. circus. Yeah. It is. Like, I think they'll just want their 15 minutes of fame on her, off her back. Mm. Um, she repeats the conspiracy. She says she's prepared to make God. She's made her peace with everything. 
and she points out that um, in her cell, she's been treated, she's been tortured for years and years and years mm-hmm. while she's in prison. Mm-hmm. She's been tortured by like, the guards. Sometimes they'll like tamper with her food in various ways. But the main thing, she says, um, they apply sonic pressure to through a device in her cell and it puts pressure in her head. I don't really know what that means. But, um, and she's... <laughs> And then she said um, it was to send her, I think so. She said it's to send her insane and to try to discredit her. Because obviously she's doing her best to try and put yeah. these conspiracies out and they're trying to discredit her. Because obviously everyone's going to listen to her and think this woman's mm. barking mad, but who knows. She said... Um, I was on her side until then. Well, she said she wants, um, she, it's going to be like Star Trek and she's going to get beamed up when she dies. Go yeah, to the, go to the mothership. Me. She's going to Heaven's Gate, yeah. isn't she? She said that it, was, it would be like Independence Day and she'd go, to the, go on the mothership. Which reminds me of our case from last yeah, week. Heaven's the Heaven's Gate. Gates, yeah. yeah. Beam me up, Scotty. Her old friend, her only friend, the only friend she had in the world, Dawn, mm. she went. She spent her last night with her the night before and they, her last meal was KFC. So they had uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken and Fries. Wow. And, um, and I wonder if they kept her shackled for that, you know? Most probably. Probably, I yeah. mean, awful. Um, so yeah, they killed her uh, by lethal injection. It weren't the electric chair in the end. And Dawn cremated her and scattered her ashes back at her farm in Michigan. She was like, oh, she wouldn't want to be scattered in Florida. She yeah. knew what her last wishes were anyway. She knew yeah. what she wanted to be dressed in when she died and things like that. Um, so yeah, that's basically, that is it really. I mean, just her whole story was... Um, I, from beginning to end, it's tragic, tragic isn't it? Yeah. yeah, it really is tragic. And um, she didn't stand a chance. It's like nobody seemed to be on her side. She kept firing her lawyers, uh, getting in with these like cranks mm. who just wanted to bleed her dry for her money. Um, there was one interview that she did in prison with Nick, and she said that um, <clears throat> she killed all the men in cold blood mm-hmm. that it wasn't self-defense she was lying through her teeth and he said well to be honest i've you know it seemed very compelling when you was explaining the attack yeah by richard mallory and she said oh no i just i thought really hard about it the night before in my cell and i made up the worst story i could think of it wasn't true blah blah and then later on she thinks that he's turned she goes i'll turn the cameras off now so he turns the cameras off mm. but he doesn't actually he leaves it playing but yeah. she doesn't realize and then he and he goes, was it self-defense? And she goes, yeah, it was self-defense in all of them. But she said, I've had enough. I just want to die. She goes, I just want, I just want the execution. Wow. Yeah, because she tried the self-defense in the first trial, and they just found no the book. No one listened. Yeah. No one listened to her. And then all they, and then by then she knows that all they want to do is to sell her story yeah. and get money off of her. Wow. So, um, so yeah, it was. Um, that's the case of um, Aileen Carroll Wernus. Really? Yeah, her middle name. My name. Ah. So, yeah. you got to stop having so many coincidences with... Um, <laughs> with serial killers, serial especially killers. the female ones. Yeah. Rose West. Same birthday. Yeah, this girl here as well. But, yeah, it made me uh, really, really angry on her behalf. Yeah. A lot of the interviews, she's furious she's so angry with the yeah. world and you can't blame her no every single person that's ever touched her life has just tucked her up yeah fucked her over absolutely fucked her over big time mm. just for money that's all they've ever that's the only thing she's ever been good for that's it victim yeah yeah awful victim of circumstances absolutely so now we've got to the end of the case mm-hmm. should we play a game let's go 
What should we play? Well, I did do a Seven Degrees, but I forgot my phone. Well, there was one in between it. There was one. To be fair, yeah, it was only one step, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. It was called what was it? Charlize Theron, who played her in um, Monster. Monster, and she was in a film with Kevin Bacon. I can't remember the name of the film. <laughs> Did you say it's called Trapped? Yes. Yeah. Well done. So she's in a film called Trapped, Trapped. with KB. Yeah. There you go. Seven degrees. Done and dusted. And it's six degrees. <laughs> six degrees. Six degrees. Is it six degrees? We haven't played it in so long. Uh, I can't tell you. I don't it know. could be a thousand degrees, oh, and I still wouldn't be sure. It's a thousand degrees of separation from KB. Um, but we're just going to do meet Mary Murder. Oh, you're so much better at it than I am. Right, uh, we're meeting. Who should we pick? We've obviously got, we're going to have Aileen, we're mm-hmm. going to have Tyra, who, in my opinion, is a massive Julie. And Keith, the brother? Keith. Mm. What, Keith is something? Keith Sorry. Is <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go on then. Right, so, are we going to, I would like to marry uh, Lee. Yeah, would you treat her right? I know it would be a nightmare. When she was young, maybe. I know I'd have to take a restraining order like... out on her within a couple of weeks like her husband did. Yeah. But I'd like to try. I'd like to try and understand her and I'd like to offer a cu- like yeah. a comforting, kind life. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. What about you? Who would you want to marry? I feel sorry for poor old Keith. He was so young. Yeah, he was, wasn't he? He'd, he'd, so he'd be a young. widow, but... Yeah. yeah. So, it's you would marry a... Keith? I'd have 10 grand in... No, that's weird. <laughs> yeah! So wicked. I didn't mean it. I'm sorry. <laughs> We're killing. You do it for the insurance money. You're turning into HH homes. I am. But we're um Yeah, mer- so who we ma- who we murdering? Uh Tyra. Uh, Tyra. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like Tyra very much. Uh. And then I'd meet Keith and you'd meet Lee. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so we've slightly differed this slightly week, but different. I think we both were ganging up on Tyra because we don't like her very no, much. I, to be fair, I'm not, I don't know. I'm still not convinced with Aileen. I'm not. Yeah. Um, she screams to me. I know personality disorder. Yeah. But it also screams a bit bipolar. Maybe. She's got a fierce temper on the, her. There's something there. So I want to yeah. know. I want to get to the bottom of it. Yeah, she's got a very, very fierce temper. You can see mm. that she would, she'd flip out. I don't want to see her. Is she good at manipulating? I don't know. No, I think she was the one who was manipulated. Yeah. Yeah, Tyra was literally putting so much pressure on her to earn money, no matter how. And hooking weren't doing it. Like, all her regulars are gone. As she was getting older, she was losing her looks, so she had to drop her prices. And hooking weren't doing it. So then she was kind of forced to go back to the armed robbery. Yeah. But then she didn't want to get caught. Yeah. So she killed them. Yeah. But also, she killed them, she said, in self-defence. Because yeah. she thought they were going to rape her. Yeah. But well, they probably weren't going to rape her. But by now, she's so insane. Mm-hmm. She's gone so... Yeah. So insane. There needs to be something before they... Oh, it's just awful. Awful. Yeah, it is. It's a horrible system. It is. And I read as well, like, it's, there's not many states now that have got the death penalty. I think they reinstated the death penalty in Florida, they didn't have, they? Yeah. 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 And um, in the seventies or something, they reinstated it, and and there's literally the states that don't have the, mm-hmm. the death penalty have a lower murder rate. Oh, really? And the states that do have the death penalty, so it isn't even a deterrent. No, nah. it's clearly a political agenda. Yeah. Like Lee was a hundred percent aware of yeah. this woman. is fucking switched on. She knows her shit. Yeah. You know, you can say she's mad all you want, but she knows yeah. her shit. She's very, very, very switched on. Yeah. Very articulate. Until the sodic waves get me. That's the bit that done me. 
But she said when her mirror was installed in her cell, the man <laughs> who, who fitted it said, oh, wow, the back of this mirror looks like a computer. And she and so that made her think that there was all wires and stuff okay. in the mirror. Oh, yeah, there and there were sonic be. waves going there. Might in there might be. Listen, this is really weird because normally yeah. I believe yeah, I eat up I know. everything and you yeah. question it. She's very You've convincing. You've told me well. You've told me mm. well. She's very convincing. Yeah, she is. She really is very convincing. But yeah, I know it does sound a bit a bit crazy. It does sound a bit crazy. <laughs> the sonic waves. I've never heard of sonic waves no. before, but it probably is a thing. Uh, so dunno. No. So anyway, thank you for listening, everybody. Thank you. Our lovely, gorgeous, beautiful, wonderful listeners. <laughs> All, both of you. Uh, <laughs> tell thank you, you. Tell your friends if you enjoy the podcast. Yes, please, like Can and share. Help us spread the word because we're, like, we're not really joking when we say there's only both of you. <laughs> no, no, not at all. <laughs> and head over to Patreon. Oh, yeah, we've got Patreon. We've got some extra bits over there if you run out of stuff to listen to midweek. Yeah. So, yeah, it's only three quid a month, isn't it? Yeah, and, and you can uh, get extra content. Yeah, you could literally, like, give us three quid for one month, listen to it, binge the lot, and then cancel it, couldn't you, if you yeah. wanted to. So I agree with that plan. And jump on our um, social media as well. Come and say hello. We always try and answer on there, don't we? Yeah, let us know what you think about the uh, the case and the episodes. Yeah. I think it like it's divided us, hasn't it, Loz? Really has, yeah. really has. I'm so, really yeah. trying to see it from your side. I'm mm. trying. Yeah. So thanks for listening, oh, everyone. Have you. a good week and take care. Yeah.